Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dodd Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs. Prepare to be underwhelmed. And away we go. So before we get into any of the, the game listing that, that we talked about, uh, probably the past two or three episodes, um, we hmm. we both end up seeing uh, Avengers, right? Yes. Okay. So I wanted to get your your take on it um, first, and then I'll see how it had, jives with mine um, to uh, to kind of see that. I mean, I I kind of saw it in a, uh, a spur of the moment since it was. Uh, middle of the week and there were a decent number of shows still available so I jumped to the theater and went to see it um, but I still had a decent amount of thoughts afterwards so I, I wanted to see uh, your opinion on that and then go from there yeah so um, I um, man so I saw it um, I think when we talked about Black Panther I think I, I kind of mentioned how I was um, sort of fatigued with the superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely still there. If it wasn't like if I was like fatigued before, I'm pretty much exhausted now. Yeah. Um, like I so I'll just I guess I'll just say it and uh, we can go from there. I don't want to influence, you know. I don't want to influence any of this discussion or anything. But I've already got everything I'm I going to say like written down, so it's you're not okay. going to influence anything. Cool, good, good. So I, uh, I just didn't think it was that good, to be honest. Like it was a serviceable movie, um, but the reason that people would get excited about superhero movies in the first place uh, is because, um. They felt different. They felt special. Um, now there's been so many, and it's so formulaic. Like you can't just go to that movie and just enjoy that movie without it having to hit specific beats. Um, it doesn't let things happen organically anymore, and that's a huge issue for me. Um, it was a huge issue I actually had with with uh, Affinity War. Um, nothing that happened in that felt really organic. Um, there was, and nothing also felt genuine to the characters in in a way with themselves. Right. So like you have, the thing that makes comic books is that you have characters who basically overcome, overcome what's perceivably their best. Right. Generally in comic books, you have bad guy versus hero. Hero tries to fight the bad guy uh, using all of the tricks that the hero knows. Bad guy wins the first fight. Hero Bailey escapes, comes back tougher, more resolved, that kind of thing, and then triumphs. Um, At no point are the heroes blatantly and so consistently incompetent. Um, and that's really like all the decisions that are made throughout almost that entire movie by any of those characters make no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. I think that probably is honestly chalked up to maybe the writing of it. Um, the, uh, uh I don't know. Like, like it's a fine, it's, it's like a fine movie, but it didn't feel unique like uh, unique enough like it should have uh or when the when the um when those movies first started coming around um you know it like you know it's the same issue that people had with the first the first captain america kind of the first captain america mm-hmm. right where it was just kind of it was like cheesy but kind of in like that bad way and not the way that you wanted from comic books yeah um and there was a lot of that. Um, everything was just, it felt like there was way too much story. Um, and it wasn't set up like A plot, B plot. Like instead they had A plot, B plot, C plot, D plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that that's one of the things that I had. So I, I'm going to disagree with you. 
but on a axis that you're probably not expecting. Um, I'm going to go out and say it's not even a good movie. Um, just because the, it ended up being this just unstoppable juggernaut, like going into it, like if there was any wrinkle and I, I don't know, maybe I was hoping for too much. Um, but if there was any wrinkle where it just didn't end with the assembling of the infinity gauntlet and all the infinity stones and him just being uber powerful at the end of it, like I mm-hmm. would have, I, I guess I was hoping for a little bit of a twist or some, uh, spin on the non formulaicness. Um, yes. and so for me, it ended up being and suffering mightily from, um, what I generally call, uh, and I've heard referred to in other situations as the Superman syndrome, um, where it yep. ends up being a case where it's very hard to in, in film, um, kind of create story, create characters and create visuals, um, around characters who are essentially invulnerable and unstoppable. Um, yep. And so that's why so much of Superman plays into his family, into Lois, into um, all of the secondary and tertiary characters, because with him, he's just generally invincible. Um, And so to keep going through the entire movie um, and just have, uh, you know, Thanos be even more and more powerful and them, I mean, they weren't even a fight. Like, I mean, it wasn't even a fight to, to... five out of the six well he already had one so then four out of the other five stones there there wasn't even a fight um they yep. they only really made a they only scratched his skin um in one fight um and that was you know at the beginning of the third act um mm-hmm. and so now that he's assembled the infinity gauntlet we're supposed to expect that one more person added to this is going to help save the universe or yep. or do something that that uh um is going to to be a change here um so i mean so that was my problem from just suspending reality staying in the movie and kind of seeing just as it as the storytelling mm-hmm. um i also think it was pretty shittily done because they you know for a fact and obviously this is spoilers when i post it we'll, we'll have it there but you know for mm-hmm. a fact that everybody that got wiped out when he snaps his fingers, um, they're not dead. They're not dead because you're not killing the black Panther. He's coming back. All of that is going to be reversed when you have another movie that this literally just knocked off for like what, for a ridiculous amount of box office money. Like they're making a black Panther too. Like that's a given. Yes. So to then go ahead and kill him, now all I know that like what now I have I don't even know if there's a release date for the next Avengers um, where it's basically that part next year it is next year okay I didn't rem- I didn't know when it was yeah. so now it, it's not movie one movie two it's just now we have a 12 14 16 month intermission because mm-hmm. all, all the debt movie is going to do is go ahead and undo 75% of what happened in this movie yep. so I, I'm highly confident yep. Gamora is dead Um but everybody else that kind of just turned into vapor, um, I I imagine that you know it's either the people that are that are still there or the ones that are actually dead, and everybody who turned into vapor are actually alive somewhere else, vice versa. Um, just because that to me, like when you see T'Challa go, I'm like, okay, yeah, th- this is all going to be undone because he's not dead. Like they don't have an MCU going forward without the Black Panther. Um, and so there were a lot of yeah. there were a lot of points there where. Um, that stuck out for me. I just thought most of the storylines were uninteresting to begin with. I like, I mm-hmm. didn't give a shit about any scene that Tony Stark was in. Um, those were just like all super uninteresting to me. Um, couple funny scenes with, with uh, Hulk. Yeah. Um, but you know, the only time I was actively paying attention was anytime Thor was on screen. Um, so I, yeah. I don't know if that was maybe because I, I just rewatched Ragnarok sometime ago. Um, or just knowing that, but I mean, just him interacting with the guardians, like, I mean, was for me, like the majority of the movie and the majority of the, the, the happiness in the movie. Um, and then like the whole scene of him reforging the, the new acts and just all of the, the badassness with him and, you know, channeling mm-hmm. the lightning and all that stuff. Um, 
and then like the only other part that was cut like i mean some of the battle scenes were cool and stuff but again it was just like if all of these people like can just come in and, and destroy everything so easily like even just throwing all of you know earth's mightiest heroes at them like that's not really going to do anything um and so yep. the only other piece that kind of uh i enjoyed was when they were battling at the end um and bucky picked up a rocket and was using him as like his secondary weapon <laughs> um so other than that like there was like a couple of of bright spots for me um but most of the time i was just sitting there for and it was kind of the same thing that i, that I mentioned in my last jedi review where my brain kept like auto focusing between like foreground background foreground background and it was kind of this where it's just like how am i going to spend two and a half hours here and it not end up with him just having the, all the infinity stones and it looking like there's you know all hope is lost and nothing else is gonna you know be able to save him type thing yeah so he they should have ended the movie with him snapping his fingers um and then left that in the air yep and then started the next movie with that um but so no okay so I actually everything you said I totally agree with because when I say it's a fine movie that's those are the words that I used to describe movies like atonement mm -hmm. like it's fine but I'm bored out of my fucking skull like I should not be going to it like okay so I just you know I'm not going to do any spoilers or anything but I just got back from seeing Deadpool 2 okay. the advanced screening because um, I guess that comes out in like what a week from now uh, next Friday yeah. Um, yeah so I just came back from that and that movie was substantially better than Infinity War. Okay. Like, substantially. And I think I realized the difference was, is that with Affinity War, they tried to lie to you and say that these stakes matter. Mm -hmm. And you know they don't. A hundred percent. And I think that's honestly the issue. The movie's, what, three hours? Uh, I think it was like two and a half-ish, two, maybe two and three quarters. I don't know if it was a full that's three hours. Yeah, that's like that's like three weeks. That's a fortnight. Yeah. Um, so, um, two, four score and seven years ago. So, but that's also um, a very long time just to watch the heroes who, through how many eighteen, twenty, whatever number of movies they've had, mm -hmm. like who have always at the end of the day succeeded, just get the shit beat out of them and have you know no chance of succeeding in any fight that they have for three hours. Like that's that's a pretty long uh, kind of dreck of a movie yeah and i mean there is a lot there is a lot that i just didn't care about like y you realize when you go in the characters all felt kind of like all the characters felt kind of off um there was a lot of stupid there was like a lot of poor decision making writing wise is that your audience shouldn't sit there and be like for if you so the the whole purpose of the mcu is to create multiple likable cash cows Woo! That's some thunder. <laughs> um. So if I lose power, um, <laughs> if I if I drop out, you know why? Um. The whole point of the MCU is that it's supposed to create multiple likable cash cows. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, none of these people are really that likable. You spent ten fucking years trying to make these people likable and then you decide to shove them all together and then none of them are really likable outside of thor and the only reason thor is likable is because he really plays into the desperation mm -hmm. nobody else fucking nobody else cares and that's the thing because they just go yeah maybe it's the the, the mighty fall you know pride cometh before the fall but they're just all so arrogant that they're just not really likable or unrelatable. Yeah, and I don't when, know if that was an intention of, of trying to do that, where like they know like or they think they can they can do it just by running head on into it and stuff like that. But then it just or it's like okay, we'll just you know take everything to Wakanda and do stuff there and, and everything. But it just ended up being something where it was to me it was just overtly inevitable and just made it as far as just like there was no need to i mean fuck there was no even there wasn't even a MacGuffins anywhere else just because it was like oh they're just going to keep going yep. one after one after one after one and it was just completely uninteresting to me yep no and that's exactly the way that no, that's a fantastic way to describe it because like as i said like it's functionally technically there's nothing wrong with the movie um 
you know, from a like film filmmaking standpoint, um, I think a lot of the issues with the movie have to do with the writing um, and how you basically combine all of those characters together. Um, you basically put together an ensemble, but you don't tell us anything. It took two and a half hours for you to tell us that Thanos is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Like, we, duh. Like, that's understood. Now, it's better than that. His motivations are better than the fucking comic book motivations by far. Which is where he just wants to fuck Lady Death. Okay. Um, no, like, legit. He gathers the Infinity Gauntlet to prove to Death that he's strong enough for them to copulate. Um, yeah, I haven't read that storyline in probably since I was eight or nine. So yeah, that's yeah, I, I don't recall that at all, and I didn't get a chance to do it before watching this again. Yeah, no, it's it's a dumpster fire, uh, much like the kind of like the movie, but for different reasons. Um, but yeah, like, and that's the thing is that like we go into this, we know the stakes aren't there. It's the job of the movie to try and trick us into thinking that the stakes are real, and to make you and you do that by making the characters likable because that's what causes the suspense of disbelief. You know that they're going to win anyway. You know those people aren't fucking dead because those are cash cows. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. The pro- the reason that I, I agree Gamora probably is dead um, because I never saw I never really watched Guardians of the Galaxy and was like, holy shit, the Gamora's the star of this. Um, but you know it, it's because like. You know, that's an ensemble. You can kill off members of these of an ensemble that don't necessarily overly matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, my God. And can I just fucking. Can, can we talk about the soul stone scene? Uh, as, yeah, I mean, go for it, depending on which one you're talking about. The, the fucking one where he gets the soul stone. Where where they're standing on the fucking cliff. With fucking oh, yeah. Red Skull. I I rolled my eyes so hard, I'm pretty sure I could have detached a couple retinas. That like detect I I you knew it was coming for like four minutes, and then it yeah. was just it was the slowest build to like any scene, and it just completely it was there was no emotion in it for me because it was the slowest build to a like something that you knew was going to happen, and it was just like yep. that that was one of the pieces where like uh, looking back now that I would call out, yeah, it was poorly written, poorly framed, poorly shot because you knew exactly what was going to happen. Yep. But it just, it was, that was, it was, it basically felt like the scene from Austin powers where the guy's laying on the ground and they're coming with the, uh, uh, the steamroller from like, you know, the other side of the room <laughs> yeah. and he's just continually yelling while on the ground, but he has like 10 minutes to get out of the way. And it just, it felt like, yeah, you know, it's going to happen, but like, the dialogue didn't match like the context of the scene and like the motivation. And it was, it that was a super weird scene. Yeah. That was, that was really awful. Yeah. Yeah. Like it felt like a bad, I'm literally, I, I'm sitting there literally and it goes, Oh, uh, well for, for you to claim the soul stone, you have to give a soul in return. And I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, well, he's just going to fucking throw a red skull down there. And then, it's like, and then he elaborates, and he's like, it has to be something you love. And she's like, you don't have anything you love. And I'm like, he loves you, you dumb fuck. Yeah. Like, it's so obvious. If she wanted to do anything, she should have tried to, like, I don't know, off herself. Yeah, before. jump off it by herself. Yeah. Um. But instead, like, I mean, it was so obvious, and she's talking all this shit, and I'm like, dude, she's gonna, he's gonna kill you. He's gonna sacrifice you for the soul stone. And it was so boring because that was like five or six minute scene. And you knew what was going to happen for the rest of that scene. So there was no suspense. That's the thing. It's that superheroes are all about suspense because they're based on that idea of pulp. Right. Uh, you know, of constant suspense. That's what's supposed to get you hooked. Yeah, of, of the grandstanding and, and just kind of all of the... Um... Like, how, how is this going to happen or how are they going to get out of this thing? Where it's just like, no, it's like every, yes. anybody watching the movie up to that point is like, nope, that's what's going to happen. Like, it, it was yep. it wasn't rocket science. Yeah, like, and that's and that's the thing, like, superhero movies 
super people love superheroes because they can play in this fantasy world that's created for them, right? You know, you consume the media at your own pace, however slow or however fast it is. And and that's one of the reasons that the DC movies have been struggling is because they don't do a great job of fitting what those the majority of audiences have is their fantasy is their fantasy for those superheroes. So, you know, it's bright. It's you know, they're supposed to be bright if they're heavy, they're heavy in a way that you know is going to be fixed but it's still exciting because you're seeing these heroes struggle and then triumph Mm -hmm. like we just got to see them struggle that was it no one no one fucking care like like i'm sitting there i'm watching it's like i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like okay i'm like let's go let's go let's go you know (laughs) it you know, I mean, people people liked it. Like, you know, when I was waiting in line to see uh, Deadpool uh, today, you know, people were talking about it. You know, they seemed excited about about it. Um, but that's the thing. It's like the movie just doesn't make you care. And and that's the thing. Like. I left like I, I went to see Adventures with my roommate and we walked out and I go, I go, dude, like I'm like, I don't want to, you know because my roommate had to go see it with like two other people. Um, so I go, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I don't think it was that great. You know, that's why I was surprised with all of the, like the pre-sales and all of the midnight reviews. And like, I, I talked about like going to see it when we were in, in LA and all of the big uh, uh, stuff that was out there, but it was something where I was glad I waited because once I got to it, I was like, I don't know what all the big positive press was about. I mean, like from a technical perspective, obviously they hit a home run from having mm-hmm. the all the battle scenes and a lot of the the stuff. Like visually, it was very interesting, but that's not what I'm investing all of that time for. Is if I want to look at something that's visually interesting, I have plenty of art prints at home that I can save time with and just go look at those. Um, yep. So I mean, so they they did a lot of good work there, uh, but just it wasn't it wasn't strung along. So I mean, to me, like each of the acquiring each of the Infinity Stones was a little vignette in and of itself. Um, and so f- yep. that was my initial complaint many, many years ago with Anchorman initially. Um, now I have a different opinion of Anchorman, so this may change in 20 years um, for my opinion on Infinity War. Um, but it felt like, you know, disjointed stories that didn't necessarily come together and were just kind of, they were all bits or, you know, short, shorter stories that were just stretched out way too long and just yep. were, were not, you know, worth the time to be, you know, stitched back up into one feature length type thing. Yep. <laughs> The so we should have seen for this movie. I understand it was in two parts. Um, for this movie, uh, they should have basically on the stingers of Black Panther, on or honestly, it should have been a stinger on the end and end of Ragnarok was him getting the stone from the Tesseret. Mm-hmm. Um, that should have actually been the the stinger on that was like a three minute scene of Thanos coming down, beating the shit out of them absolutely decimating them and getting the soul stone. Um, and then, or not the soul stone, uh, the stone from the Tesseract. And like, there should have been like a few, like you could have gotten away with like three movies worth of those. And then when you got there, you, you had to pace it out, right? Where the last ones he need are the, the soul stone time stone and mind stone. Yep. So the, so basically the movie ends where it ends. Um, but you shave about fucking 30 minutes off of the off of the runtime. And you basically start with the Guardians retrieving Thor, um, you know, so I, it moves up. It moves the movie up about 15 minutes. You don't deal with any of that stupid Tony, Tony Stark nonsense. It just Oof. it's a much better structure. It's a much better story as opposed yeah. to because, I mean, I still haven't seen the Hobbit movies, but it's like breaking a book that I'm looking at in my uh, bookcase that's 180, 200 pages maybe into three three-hour movies, you're injecting yeah. a lot of inflated stuff in there. Um, and so now having this storyline that, like you're saying, if you end up having, you know, 
three of the three of those stones already acquired um and the ones that he actually has to you know fight people to get um it ends up being something where that's going to be a much more interesting story and much less drawn out where it's like oh he got one he got another one he yep. got another one he got another one and just like if you do that like three times it's much less you know, boring than if you do that grind it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's much less, you know, uh, mind numbing than, than if you do it for all of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you have actually plans to see uh Deadpool. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're going out of town next weekend. Um, so I'm going to try to get us to go see it while we're out. I don't know yet, but we'll see, but it's definitely the, that's, that's one of like the, yeah. at the top of the list. Yeah, it was, um, Spoiler free. I think um, it was it was substantially better than Affinity War. Um, and even though it sort of was it, the movies feel similar in certain ways, but it felt it felt it felt better and it didn't feel so contrived. Um, and I'll leave it at that. But I feel I feel it was a substantially stronger movie, which is weird because I a, never thought I would see that from Fox. Um, and B, I never thought I'd see that from a fucking Deadpool. Um, I'm not too, uh, you know, spoiler, I'm not too, actually too high in the character Deadpool like a lot of folks are. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think the only reason I'm so high on him and like, I, I've read some of his stuff here and there, um, and some of the guest into like Brian Posehn has written on and things like that. But I, I think that the reason I'm so high on it is basically the, he's the, antithesis of what you had mentioned earlier for kind of your disdain for the typical superhero movie. Um, so it ends up just being the way the character itself is written is kind of, you know, undercutting and, and it's farcical of the superhero genre in general. So I, but I don't know how, you know, two is written, um, but that's the way it seemed like that they attacked uh, the genre itself in one. So I was looking to see where mm. the rest of it went. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah. Um, it didn't also help they play the same ad for Mar- that Marvel mobile game fucking eight times in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right before the... It was like the only thing that came with the stinger, so it just looped it eight times over and over again at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, you know, it Affinity War, I was not... You know, I was... So this is the thing, too, is I was one of the few people that wasn't swept up in Marvel movie madness. When they first started coming out, like I think I saw Iron Man in theaters and I think I got to see Captain America, uh, the first Avenger for free. Um, but I don't, I don't own any of them. I don't, um, you know, it, I, I didn't get swept up in them like a lot of other folks did. And um, I've seen in the last two or three, um, you know, in theaters. Uh, but I've just, well, I guess skipping Ragnarok. Um, but, you know, I just, they never really, like, captured my attention. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I'm honestly at the point where they just come out with them. I'm like, who cares? I'm like, your audience has to be fatigued and i don't understand how people aren't fatigued by them i think it's because there's this idea that they're just going to be good regardless so folks go into them like oh i just saw a good movie and they don't question it um but you know it's the mouse it's what the mouse tells you to like you like it Mm -hmm. um going into the uh the uh, whole South Park uh, meme of uh, of that with uh, Mickey controlling everything. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and and you know, I wanted to. God, I really wanted. Like, I wanted. I like. That's the thing too. It's like I'm not really that much of like that much of a nerd. Like, I've worked in like a comic book shop before, technically, and I didn't like. Like, real talk. Like, the only reason I own like maybe 14 comic books. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first six issues of the ultimate, the Miles Morales uh, Spider Ultimate Spider Man run. Okay. And like some grim comic books based off of the TV show. And uh, yeah, the only reason I even own the Miles Morales Miles Morales ones is because he's the only Spider Man that does anything reasonable 
in like that entire run. He tells his girlfriend he's like Spider-Man in like issue two. And he's like, hey, I'm Spider-Man. And she's like, oh, no, we can't date anymore. And he's like, that sucks. And then goes on to do some some crazy shit. And it's like, it's fine. Like, it's the like, it's the logical thing that you would do. Um, but, you know, I read the Civil War story. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I think I'm pretty... I'm pretty done with superhero movies. My urge to see uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was not existent in the first place, and I like Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like super non-existent. Like I, that can just wait. Um, And then you have what Captain Marvel is the next movie after that. Who, who cares? (laughs) well that's where it's going to be interesting to see how that works out because i mean obviously with the stinger here like that's the one that like she's supposed to come and be the difference maker now um so i mean i don't know if that's going to be i don't know how that aligns with avengers 4 um but that's going to be you know is that going to be then her origin story or is that going to be a tale off of uh off of the avengers um so i I know that they've meant they've released some stuff for it but i haven't really followed it that much because i'm trying to um stay out of uh all of the uh kind of all of the realm of uh like we mentioned before trailer so again just trying to go into as many movies as i can um you know plot uh with virgin ears for the plot um so that may or may not happen, but I'll, I'll be interested to see like how they, like how the, um, the last, uh, uh, or just, yeah, that stinger there that, that, uh, Fury was calling out to Captain Marvel, like how that's going to make a difference now that they have to go figure out, you know, this unstoppable juggernaut type thing. So seeing where it goes, I mean, there's going to be a lot of how the, well, I mean, it was kind of interesting or it was kind of, um, not interesting, but it was a, a a simple plot device to basically say that, like, yeah, like Scott stayed home because of the family, or that, like, he was done with it because of the family, and so that's mm. obviously going to go right into how they kick off uh, Ant Man and Wasp, um, and then you know uh, Hawkeye is going to pop up somewhere, um, and so I mean, just it, it just seemed like this was uh, kind of badly. It just it was poorly constructed and and kind of just fed into a lot of that that I I think um, uh, I, that I think you're feeling too that probably many other people are feeling. Yeah, I um yeah, I I, I just don't know. I, I you know I I think like as someone who absolutely adores movies, like we gotta do better for what's created. And what we go see as as moviegoers, um, because they're just going to keep making the same movie over and over again, which is what they've been doing for the last ten years, and everybody has been eating it up. Yeah, and you know, if you want to make a drama with the superheroes, just make a fucking drama. Just do it. Like it, I, I would love to fucking see that, you know. I might be the only one, but I would love to see like the internal fucking struggle of like the Hulk, um, and like just actual. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's where you end up having. I, you're gonna end up having a different view on that. Where again, more character development is always a good thing. Where it doesn't always have to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, um, lasers and blasters and superpower type thing around. You know, it's like, don't run away from, you know, and you don't have to make it fucking melodramatic. Like, that whole nonsense with Tony Pepper. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. Ooh, you're on the spaceship. Like, he's going to go save the fucking universe, presumably. Let it slide. Yeah. I mean, that was there was more than a handful of that. And I, I don't know if that was the kind of the saying or writing out like the, the last of the best of uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Um, I don't know if he's uh, um, queued up to, or if he signed on for anything beyond Avengers four. But it, I mean, it was something where, yeah, it was just, 
it, it felt just, you know, uninspired and unoriginal um, from everything that was all the the kind of MCU movies he's been in up to this point. Yeah, and and the, all of them, all of them are are having that issue. Um, all of those superhero movies are having that issue. Basically, they're all they all just feel kind of uninspired. Um, and you want them to be. You don't want them to be that way. You want them to have some oomph, and you want them to feel unique and and, and different enough. And you know, it, it, they're all starting to feel generic and kind of bland. So. Okay, well, we beat that horse uh, to death enough, <laughs> um, which was a lot longer than I expected to, but I was, that was good. Um, what uh, what else did you did you want to jump through some of your list then, or were you able to to get all that organized and ready to go? So I've got about I've got about half, a little under half of it actually ranked. Um, I'm still going through. I've just had the I meant on working on it basically these two days off. Um, and then these two days I literally had, I was testing something at Epic. Oh, nice. And then had the passes for that. So, um, my literal two days, I like was like, I'm just going to not do anything these two days. And then I get an email, I got that email from Epic and I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, I'll go do this. Cause realistically I just want to go and like, uh, test something juicy. Um, but I never test anything exciting. Um, and then uh, I got the email for the passes as soon as I got home and was like, oh, shit. So um, my I spent, you know, a couple hours rating stuff and there's a few things I have to go uh, research. But I can give you um, the last I can give you number 300. Well, let me see how many I got here. Because I've got them all on a list that I'm slowly going through them all. Uh, um I can let's see. Let me pull up Google Sheets. Um, yeah, I think I can give you number three hundred, uh, which is Dragon's Lair. Okay. Uh, and the number two ninety nine uh, is Animal Crossing. And 298 is Advanced Wars. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I tried to pull stuff that was, um, I do have, like, all, you know, I do have all 300 games um, listed. Hopefully I don't have any more duplicates. Oh, maybe I do have a couple because <laughs> I have just on here three times. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, I do have the... Um, I have the majority of the list done, and it's basically being ranked. Um, the um, yeah, there's there's a fair amount of stuff that I don't think um, we uh, that Game Informer. I don't know if you actually had a chance to go over the actual Game Informer list. Yeah, I, I went through it, and I mean, there's there's definitely some oddities, I would say, um, yeah. on there. Uh, and so like, I, I looked at there. I had a list written down last time, um, but between cleaning, going to LA, coming back, Ollie, and all this other stuff, I have no idea where the hell it went. Um, so there were a couple on there that I pulled from memory to know that I was I was targeting. Um, but then yeah, I, I went through the list again just to kind of see some of the differences there, um, and uh, with a keen eye towards some of the Final Fantasy rankings, um, but then also just like other ones that are games i knew of as far as um reading about them in game pro when that was still a thing um versus other games that i've either had like first-hand experience with or end up knowing a lot more about um mm -hmm. so that there were definitely like through the list a handful um that were quizzical to say the least um yeah and so uh that's what i, I was interested to see what what you ended up having uh for for your list long term yeah, I should have it finished by the next. It should be completely finished by the next time we record. Um, I've also just been insanely busy at work too, for which is weird. Um, the lowest ranked game I have right now is, uh, or highest as I would say, is Final Fantasy VI at number fifteen. Um, and I'm slowly working on filling those out. I'm going through the list and assigning each one a rank. I tried to come up with like actual, like a weighted measuring mm -hmm. thing 
Um, but it just seemed to not be working out well. So, um, yeah, I mean, those I, generally don't work out as you expect them unless you have like a lot of metrics, especially for something like this to kind of wait something where you're just you're not going to end up getting like chunks of stuff like in um, whatever you end up like using the, the weighted metrics for. You're just going to end up having um, the, you know, there's now you have like 10 here, 10 here, 10 here when you kind of already mm-hmm. knew that all ahead of time. So then you just did all the work to kind of do like the weighted measurements, but you're back in the, the same like square one type yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, no, I mean, it's, I think, I think overall it'll be a better list than the game informer one. Um, I've been basically having, uh, because as you know, we've talked about it in the last couple episodes or what have you, um, about that I most likely Skyrim's most likely not going to be on this list Mm -hmm. and um you know and I've gone actually back and forth with a couple people about it and they all try to make their arguments for why Skyrim should be on it and it's hands down Oblivion is the better game and for a game to be heavily modded for people to have fun with it means that the developer didn't do their job out of mm-hmm. the box. So it can't it can't be on there. Oh, like okay, so like the gameplay in Dragon's Lair, you know, isn't splendid, but it was such a unique experience and it provides such a unique experience that it has to go on this list. So And that was that was some of the interesting things for me as far as where some of these ranked and I mean uh like one of the ones on the the Game Informer one was Bully, um, which mm-hmm. was a much touted Rockstar game, but in comparison to all the other titles, was one that, as far as I knew, kind of fell flat on its face, or not kind of, but definitely fell flat on its face, and it may, it may have gotten you know circled back um, in years since. Um, but the fact that like that was ranked higher than Breath of the Wild um, was a little <laughs> bit interesting, um, and so so that there were there were a lot of uh, uniqueness there for me of basically going back and forth um for the pieces of uh game pro inspired nostalgia um versus just looking at this list and being like from yeah everything i know about this like i don't i don't understand why this is so high type thing yeah um so i have a theory and it's one of the things that i've um I noticed with uh, I, with this list that I, I I've seen um, one of the game chasers actually bring up when they on their personal channel where they were talking about this list. Um, I think they really bring into age the question of the editorial staff. Um, and as someone who's a millennial, I I actually think this argument has merit. Basically, his argument was that these the editorial staff was so young that they didn't completely experience all of gaming the gaming's library, like all of the wealth of games that there are. They're not experienced in any of them, um, or not in any of them. They're not. They, there's no way they could even remotely have touched all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they grew up with what was available to them, you know. We've talked about that before. How many millennials? Like, I, I was telling my roommate today, I go, dude, I go, I think I'm the only millennial that has a fondness for Atari. Like, because that's what I grew up playing when I was, like, three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, and that shows a lot in the list that they have is that there's not a lot of uh, fondness for uh, the older games or the or stuff like this Sega, uh, the Sega Gen genesis or the dreamcast i mean they put this list together and there's no fucking guardian here well it's just how do you not fucking put on the world's the the (laughs) fact that there's you you can see it skewing to just more big name titles as opposed Mm -hmm. to like how many variations of call of duty do you actually need um as opposed to like things that are truly unique or if you're saying of all time i mean that's what i was at the gym today and there's one of the sports talk shows i don't know which one um it wasn't the one with Stephen A. Smith on it, thank God, because I try to run out of the locker room, whatever that is. Um, but it was one of the other ones, and it was like the something, something of all time. And then in parentheses, it says that I think right this second. Um, and so 
it, it almost for me, like <laughs> it seems like that for this list where like, yeah, we're, it says like 300 greatest games of all time. We have quite a history. I mean, coming up, spitballing 70 so you're coming up on nearly 50 years of stuff um when Mm -hmm. the vast majority like i mean that's that's actually some interesting thing i would do there is to go um and look at the release dates for those games and see what the the skew is um for you know the decades for those those games listed out of those 300 um because i highly doubt that it's evenly distributed it's probably weighted heavily in the past (laughs) like the current decade um and so it is the and for me as a gamer like it's not the fact that um i'm i'm not playing games now because they're better games if that makes sense like the reason i'm not playing games now isn't because Time. they're better games than i <laughs> than were ever available like i mean there's a reason i played so many games growing up and in college and the previous decade is because they were awesome games but now like the paradigm has shifted and all it is is for the majority, a cash grab. Um, and you have, you know, better games, few and far between, but I, I would hazard to guess that most of those games are probably, um, pretty, uh, the, the the list as is cues towards a lot more recent games, which now that's going to be my homework for the week. Yep. And, And I can tell you right now, it absolutely does. Um, it's because of the, so I, I can tell, okay. So, it's because of what people have the idea of what a gamer is or whatever, mm. right? I don't really consider myself a – I don't identify really as like a gamer or anything like that. I just like playing games sometimes because it's whatever, right? Um, so it, and the prime example of this is uh, Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Are you familiar with these? Uh, I know of Dark Souls. Uh, Bloodborne is not one I'm familiar with by name. Okay, uh, it's the same fucking thing. Okay, it's the same game, just set slightly different. Um, and I was uh, so I was at GameStop last night, um, um, and I was going through because they had a sign outside that said a huge sale, and um, I'm always a sucker for signs. Um, and so I'm sitting there, and uh, my friend and I are talking, and he's trying to convince me that Bloodborne needs to be on not Bloodborne, uh, Dark Souls. Like a Dark Souls game needs to be on my list. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, I'm like, those games aren't good. Like, what do you mean they're not good? I go, it's a 25 hour boss rush Mm -hmm. that's really hard for no reason. Uh, it's painted with all of the finest browns that you can emulate and, and conjure in your in your programming languages. Um, so it looks like a pot. It looks like I say it looks like a puddle of mud album. Um, but no, it just looks like it, it. It's uninteresting. It's overly hard and it doesn't have a story. Ultimately games that don't have a story fall under the would technically sort of be like those old school arcade games, right? Easy to pick up, but hard to master. Dark Souls is just hard for the sake of being hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that makes a good game. And of course I was I was making this argument and the uh, GameStop clerk was like, "Oh, no. What do you mean you don't like Dark Souls? You must not be a real gamer." And I'm just like I'm like, "A gross. I'm sorry, B, I don't have a fondness for Doritos and Mountain Dew." Exactly. But like I mean, and, I, and I think that's also, again, that level of gatekeeping is kind of contextual to where you're at at the same time. Oh, absolutely. And, like, you know, you're talking to somebody who comes in there and buys a shit ton of games, and I own, like, a thousand fucking video games, and you, you're going to think I don't know what I'm talking about? I love arcade games because they're easy to pick up. Like, I don't mind the challenge of having... I understand that, that there's satisfaction satisfaction in mastering things, but Dark Souls doesn't really feel that way for me. I've seen it played, and I've seen Bloodborne, and they all look uninteresting and kind of boring. So I don't, they don't, they don't win me over. And that's and, what I've I've seen. Like I saw, I believe like Zach and Joe would play Dark Souls and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and I watched them play it, and just the the concept and then the gameplay just seemed completely 
uninspired to me. So that was something where like, yep. I just did not, you know, care. It, it, it was nothing that appealed to me in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And, and folks go, you know, Oh, I thought you would like this because the games are tough. They're old school hard. I go, we expected different things out of video games back in the nineties in the eighties than we do now. You can't tell me that you can compare a, a gaming experience like fucking mass effect Two. Compare it to a fucking twenty-five hour boss rush. Yep, and I mean just just having that's that's more bosses and just having just an insane base difficulty level doesn't replace you know well defined stories. Like I mean that's mm-hmm. what like you look at. So okay, that's fine, but compare it to uh, Final Fantasy VII. The graphics that you're looking at for the majority of that game are you know, super blocky hexagonal polygonal type things where looking at it now, like it would be a joke. Um, but it was such in-depth gameplay, such a robust, ridiculously in-depth story um, that y- you could easily spend 120 hours in the game and not have a problem. Yeah. Obviously there were beautiful cutscenes here and there, but that, that wasn't the, the main visual that you're looking at as opposed to now it's like, yeah, like, Dark Souls can look great, but if all you're doing is running from boss fight to boss fight, like you're gonna run a you're gonna you're gonna be you know mind numb very soon. A game a game should not you should not have to do supplemental reading for a game. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, the story. Like uh, people try to tell me, oh, the story for Dark Souls is it's you have to read about it, and I'm like, if I, buddy, if I'm gonna read a if I'm gonna read a book, I'm gonna read a real book, not something related to a game like i shouldn't it shouldn't be a prereq course for a fucking video game 100 percent. that's i mean that's like the tagline for this episode um <laughs> you know video game prereqs 101 um but i mean that, that's the way i feel with most games now is is that you need that and or um like if you don't get the guide like then obviously like mm-hmm. coming with trophies and all of that stuff like if you don't get the guide then you're missing out on everything or if you don't like do the stuff with all of the um the pre-ordering and all of these, you know, exclusives and all that stuff. It, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the stuff that I play now is easy to pick up. I, I feel like there's a good time balance ratio. Like I'm kind of bummed because I started playing Yakuza six and I realize I need to have a strategy guide for Yakuza six mm-hmm. because I have no idea what I'm doing, which is every once in a while, it's fine to experience a game with a strategy guide. Um, especially when they have the baby taking care of simulator that's plopped down in the middle of that. No, I'm not being, I'm not making that fucking up (laughs) about five hours in. You have to take care of an infant while walking and have to basically fucking calm it down while it's crying as you're trying to find a fucking baby formula. Once again, I wish I was fucking kidding, but I wanted to play this game about justice gangsters in Japan, but apparently I had to be fuck. I picked up fucking babysitting mama. Well, Um, that was the the same thing of of the reason why, uh, (laughs) I didn't really do much with, I don't know if it was Vice City or San Andreas, where, like, you legit have to have your character work out and go find food yep. and do all that stuff, where it's just like, fuck, I want to do that on my own. I don't want to do that in the game. Like, that's, like, I don't need, a, a, you know, I don't need a whole real-world life simulator here to, to play in the game. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I, I joke about it in Yakuza 6, um, but I mean, it it's not that bad, and it's not too terribly long, even though it's arguably the most painful ten minutes of gaming <laughs> I've ever I've ever part, ever partook. Um, but uh, yeah, I you know, um, the stuff I'm playing like fantastic. Like uh, I just picked up Shantae. Uh, I have Genie Hero for the uh, Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh fantastic really fun platformer uh kind of tells a little story gives you a little bit of replayability it's fun it feels different it's unique that's fine that's like that has more merit to me than playing fucking dark souls i mean i like the stuff that i play now has to have a story i don't mind difficult um but the sake of difficult to be difficult doesn't it doesn't do anything for you um you know, and, and sitting here grinding games, I'm so, so tired of online co-op nonsense. And I like that's the 
the thing for me where that was so revolutionary for Dreamcast of being able to get on, and especially like with Fantasy Star mm-hmm. Online, which I didn't play, but I had a couple of friends that, that loved it. Um, but then just online play and, you know, with the NFL 2K series there. And so, I mean, th- getting that online was revolutionary. Getting the network adapter for PS2 and playing with that online was revolutionary. Um, but now just by default, we're like, okay, yeah, we've got people that don't live anywhere near each other and we're just going to have them play together. Like you don't need, like you don't need to build an online game, build a game. And then if there's online features that make sense, that's, that's fine. But the fact of knowing that it has to be online and it has to be cooperative or, you know, competitive, like it, to me, that's where it's, I just want to play games with myself at this point. Like I, I'm at this point, I, I'm a video gaming introvert. Like I could sit at home and just play video games and, you know, not talk to anyone digitally while playing. And I would be completely happy. Yep. Yep. No, I, um, I played, I've been playing some overwatch. Um, I don't know if we talked about that last time, but I've been playing a little bit, not too much, not nothing crazy. I think in the past two months, I think I've put about um, eight hours into the game. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just burning it down with, uh, you know, an hour a week of Overwatch, um, which is more than my Japanese lessons at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we should probably switch that over. Um, but I am just so tired of there's nothing to that game. There's 22 heroes you can choose from. Like fucking six maps in two styles of gameplay. Okay. And there's absolutely nothing to. There's nothing to it. There's no. There, there, there's not enough to it. And I. Like I only pick it up because a lot of my a lot of the uh, friends and some of our mutual friends they all game on PC. And I haven't moved. I haven't become a member of the PC gaming club. Mm-hmm. Um. Mostly because I don't feel like buying one. Um, I've gone in and out, but again, that was specifically just to play MMOs, and I don't have the time, nor do I have the passion to then, again, recreate something where I have to go do dailies online and have a whole other life there. Um, And so it just, it was good for a while, and I had to blast playing DC Universe, which I may get into, but that's on the Xbox. But then I had a blast playing, you know, Star Wars The Old Republic for a good number of years. Um, I probably had a good solid three years into that that I played pretty consistently. Um, But then it just it just wasn't anything where, again, you're just recreating more daily work for you to do that doesn't really get you anywhere. Yep. And and it's such a it's such a huge thing for me, like. I just want to sit down with a game, have fun, and, and take a story bit by bit. And, you know, there's no, oh my god, the fucking fucking Fortnite and PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds? Holy shit. It, they do everything you're not supposed to do as a fucking game, like as a game designer. Like, you literally take your player and dump them into this world against 99 other players. Mm-hmm. And don't explain anything. Anything. That's terrible. How is any player going to have fun with that? You know, it, 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 well, I mean, I, I just obviously I, they're succeeding in some way, but then still, I get the same level. It's just like League of Legends. Um, there's a ton there where it's just like it. It obviously has a lot of popularity. There's a big e like a esports scene for it and stuff like that. But then at the same time, it's like it also has the most toxic community like in all of gaming. So there's definitely a, uh, um, you know, a a balance there where you end up having people who just like, they're like, okay, I'm just going to suck it up and take the abuse for X amount of time until I know what I'm doing. And then like, then I'll be able to do that to all the noobs and all of that shit. And so that just seems like a very bad, um, strategy to to kind of have your player base uh run that way yep oh absolutely at 110 percent. like you know i think we have um and the thing what's worse is that it's it's it basically fundamentally gaming the toxicity in gaming and especially in those multiplayer dependent games um like uh, your your Overwatches and your Player Known Battlegrounds and your League of Legends and your Dotas, um, is that it's basically how we've streamlined and all consume media. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and everything, every experience has to be uniformed. Everything has to go a very particular way. And if it doesn't go that way or, or does something different, it's bad. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's against, it's against the grain, you know, it, nobody wants to deal with it. And I, I think it really shows there because everybody plays those games because you, they've got, when they've got no story modes, there's no way for these players to succeed except to beating other real people. And that's, I think that that was the beginning of the the downfall of all that with call of duty where I would get them and I would play the story modes, but then the story modes got less and less and less and less and less and and less. And so like you just had, you were forced to go into just, you know, getting it and just going, go to town with all of the, the multiplayer um, content. And that's where it was just like, okay, like you just get burnt out on it so far and you just can't jump in and just sink all your time there still. So. Yep. And you know, I, I, it, there's a lot of that. Um, I just, I, I don't get the appeal of them. I'm trying really hard to play Overwatch with folks to see if I can get the appeal. Like, I don't know about you, but like, I grew up playing Halo, right? I used to jump in and, you know, land parties or a group party, mm-hmm. play the game, talk shit, you know, to your friends and stuff. And that would be it. Like, if you're playing online with your friends, you're all in the fucking team speak and you're all just having a conversation. And now it's like the it's like it's only like gaming isn't about fun for these people anymore. It's about only winning. Yep. And like and, there's, there's just like, I mean, we grew up playing GoldenEye all weekend long and I was horrible at it. And so like for whatever reason, like I just had no ability to grok maps and the, most of my friends, the two of them were able to pick them up almost instantly and just like knew all the, all the hiding spots, all the snipe points where the drops were, blah, 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 how to navigate the map, all of that stuff. Um, and then I was always like dead last and like, Oh, I finally remember like how to get to point a from this point and stuff like that. Um, and so, I mean, we could play that all weekend long, but there was still a fun factor to it. And it had leaderboards. It had like superlatives that you got at the end of each match and stuff like that. Um, but then it ended up still being an overall fun game as opposed to like any of the ones we're just mentioning where it, unless you're at the top of the leaderboard, it's a very shitty experience, both in game and from the people you're playing with. So it's just like I don't understand how that ends up um, being a good way to – or I, that's just not something I have any interest in and in, in playing in anytime yep. soon. Yeah. I want to make it clear. It's like you know I'm not anti those games. It's just anytime I've sit down to play one of those, the chance I'm having a good experience is not super high. Um, it's because, you know, you, you, you end up being new or, you know, eh, you know, you, you want to sit down and, oh God, I can't, I can't talk about that because of the NDA, but I, I just really want to share that experience, but, um, I'm not going to in case Epic listens to our podcast. Um, <laughs> well, we'll just have to, to do it once, uh, whatever NDA gets lifted. I don't even know why they had to sign an NDA in the first place, but, um, (laughs) um, but yeah, so, you know, I, it's just so, I don't expect much from games, but I expect them to tell you the controls, give you a little bit of a story and sort of train you to where you feel confident to play against other people. Mm Mm-hmm. And we just don't get that nowadays. They skip the middle part and just go straight into play against other people. You know, it... Yeah. Uh, I, I I miss the good old days. That's what I, I keep looking at my original PlayStation that's sitting in the center gap of our entertainment center. Um, that is the, the one that I, you know, played through Final Fantasy VII on. Um, it survived getting run over in the driveway by one of my friends driving up the driveway and uh, catching it my duffel bag under his car and then dragging it down the driveway. Um, so, you know, <laughs> the thing's built like a, a brick um, and all the, the games that I still have for it. So, I mean, that's the, 
everything I'm looking for where it doesn't have internet connectivity. So that's one where I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to play now. Um, and so the, I think that's also another reason why I don't um, buy as many games as I used to, where it's like eventually, like regardless, all these games, um, the, uh, all, all the games end up having some sort of patch or fix or downloaded content or something like that. And so it's like, if I, buy them and I don't get around to playing them for two or three years is, am I going to be able to play it at all? Like, is it going to lock me out? Um, and so I, I'm interested to see how that, how that goes, where it will be able to actually, you know, have these games function after some of those services are taken down. Yep. I, um, you know, there are a couple of games on this list that I don't even think actually work, uh, anymore because Nintendo took away, uh, uh, it took away their online support for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if I can actually, you know, even recommend. I mean, they're on there because their experiences are fantastic, but um, I don't know, you know, it, it just sucks because other people wouldn't be able to experience them. If you get a Wii U and you ask me, if you go, oh, Donald, uh, give me, um, you know, X amount of recommendations for that, I, I, you can't. I, I, I can, but you're not going to have the same experiences that I had. Like, one of the games on this list I have is Wii Sports Club, which is basically um, all of your Wii Sports nonsense rolled into one with online play. Mm-hmm. So um, you can play by yourself or play by other people in your state or country. And you have leaderboards that are geographically locked to your you know, state or country or what have you. And so it feels you're actually, you know, it feels kind of like a, a, a club. Um, yeah, the Wii Sports Club. There you go. Um, but Super Mario Maker is on this list, too, because that's a fantastic game. They shut down the fucking the online support for the fucking Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. So you can't share your levels anymore. So, yeah, I mean, I would recommend those games, but that's a totally different experience that's available to you now than what was available to me. And, I mean, that's not fair. I mean, those games, both of those games are better than fucking and feel unique enough compared to some of the other games we've talked about. Um, and one of the reasons it was rated so highly is because of the of, of that. Um, the PS2 was probably the nostalgia system for a lot of those folks growing up. Mm-hmm. A lot of those writers, so... Or Xbox or whatever. Um, you know, and that was the, 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 the age appropriate gta for them because i think that game's rated teen um but you know i I, games that'll that'll give us uh enough to roll into the to that now you've got some uh some more uh kind of contextual uh brain stew to to go into your list and all your rankings there and for that list, uh, yeah, so um, I'll write down the list. It should be, I should be able to finish it, knock on wood, um, over these next couple of days. Um, so it should be good for next week. Listen carefully. 